The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Mantos. Speaking of nutrition, I got my sidekick, Fred Fornicola, my co-host. And today we're going to be talking about the healthy heart. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I just want to remind everybody that our first two episodes that we've done was on type 2 diabetes. You can find them on Voice America, like you did this, uh, this installment. It aired on uh, the first installment was on November 11th, and our second um, was on November 18th. So we're going to get into the healthy heart today. So Tom, let me read you a little information from the CDC. This is a little bit well, it's not a little bit staggering. It's quite staggering. Yes, it, might, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> a first bullet point here. 610,000 people die of heart disease in the United States every year. That's one out of every four deaths are from heart disease. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women. More than half of the deaths were due uh, to heart disease in 2009 were for men. Okay, so coronary heart disease is the most common type of heart disease, and it kills over 370,000 people annually. Hmm. Okay, one extra bullet point here before you get into your yeah. how to solve all these problems for everybody. Well, some people, yeah. <laughs> Every year, about 735,000 Americans have a heart attack. 735,000 people have a heart attack. Of these, 525,000 are first heart attacks, and 210 happen to be people who have already had a heart attack. That's a staggering figure. It's horrible. Well, you know, a lot of it's preventable. A lot of it's preventable, as we're going to find out. The problem is, in our society, everything is fast-paced. You know, everything's time-compressed. you got to be here, there, everywhere. It's quick-processed, crappy food. Take another pill, you know, you fix everything with a pill or a drug or a medication. I can tell you right now, there is no drug, pill or potion, the doctor can give you that will replace a healthy approach to life, period. Now, the current medical intervention includes bypass surgery, heart transplants, balloon angioplasty, and cardiac catheterizations. Now, these are, let's face it, they're extremely traumatic procedures on the person. And not only that, the average cost is over $259 billion a year. Now, what I'm going to differentiate is with these treatments, there are things like emergency medicine and our emergency medical doctors, they have to, they pull people back from the brink of death. I mean, the technology in these doctors are so gifted. It's phenomenal what they can do. I'm not talking about the, the dire emergencies. I'm talking about people that have chronic long-term diseases that could be intervened and prevent a lot of these procedures from happening. So I'm going to give you, you want to hear a happy story? Yeah, I, I think we could use one. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. Here's a happy story for, for us all. So we know it's a fact that most heart and vascular disease you can prevent. And now we know it's reversible. Okay. We're going to look at the journal article in Postgraduate Medicine, 1993. And this discusses coronary artery disease and reviewing the results of various clinical trials. So what they did is they, they looked at diet alone, drugs alone, they combined diet and drugs, and surgical intervention. And they want to see what had the best success. And the name of the, it was the Lifestyle Heart Trial. And the heading was Regression of Arterial Plaque was Achieved in the Lifestyle Heart Trial, a program consisting of a vegetarian diet, smoking sensation, stress management, and exercise in a group setting. So for 12 weeks, these people were like locked down. Everything they ate, their exercises, all controlled them all. The whole thing was run by Dr. Dean Ornish. If you're concerned about your heart disease, look up Dr. Dean Ornish's website. Okay? And the results were published by Harvard Medical University. This is a phenomenal result that you're going to hear. All participants in this study 
were elderly, 70s into their 80s and 90. And every single patient was looking forward to bypass surgery. Some needed double bypass, some triple, some quadruple bypass. Every one of them was in dire straits. At the end of 12 weeks, 82% of the patients reversed arterial plaque enough, significantly enough, where they increased blood flow, where they didn't need a bypass surgery. Now, they followed them up after a year. They had more significant regression of plaque. They're five years even more. So all these people that need a bypass, 82% of them, never had to get bypass surgery. Their health improved dramatically. Now, you would think, based on this, uh, every doctor and cardiologist in the United States would recommend this program to their patients, wouldn't you think? It would make sense. You never even hear about it anymore, okay? People, the doctors that graduated after this study, they were never taught it. They don't even take a basic nutrition class. Doctors that may have heard of it that are older, they just brush it aside under the table. They don't want to know anything about it. Unless you go to a good alternative and a functional medicine doctor, they know all about this. Now, there's no pharmaceutical drug on the planet that could do that, give you that result. So it's showing you, again, the power of the plants. Okay. What we have here is failure to communicate. The reason you don't hear about it from all the doctors, at least give you, you know, a chance, like let you know about it. Nothing. It's basically profit over patient. Pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know about it. They make billions of dollars on the drugs. Doctors that do bypass surgery, they make a good living on that. So it's all burst under the table. All right. But you also have physicians that are rushing around. There's a, there's a heavy load of, of patients they have to see, and it's get in, diagnose, get out. Right. And, you know, if the doctor isn't trained to put you on the program, at least gives you a heads up about it that exists. You can go on the Internet and see what it's all about. Or you, he could send you to a functional doctor just to get on the diet and the program and, and get really good results. So can you, can you mimic this with the modified Mediterranean diet that I sing about all the time? Well, yes, you can. In the Journal American Medical Association, 2004, here's a headline. Modified Mediterranean diet lowers vascular inflammation and endothelial dysfunction and actually can reverse plaque. So what I do, if I have somebody with severe coronary artery disease, I modify the modified Mediterranean diet. What I'll do is I leave the fish in and I'm going to substitute some of the meat and poultry servings for servings of plant proteins, beans, lentils, and legumes. Now you're almost duplicating what Dr. Dean Ornish had done. And I did that for lunch today, actually. After the gym, I had black beans on basmati rice. Not because you had to. <laughs> no. Uh, and it, it's, really, it's, it's really a crying shame. The, the results of this are just revolutionary, you but, know, and nobody's known about it. No, but any other problem too is, is as a patient, you're scared, you have heart problems, you're going to listen to your physician as you should. But, right. but alternative, I, I, I hate to say that eating well and exercise is alternative, but it, in, in the medical field, it's it, secondary to, it's a suggestion. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, oh, by the way type, you know, approach to, you probably should eat, you know, better, or you should go out and get exercise. Well, that's the advice you get, right? And, you know, maybe go lose a few pounds and do some exercise. Well, my grandmother could have told me that. Yeah, but people aren't going to risk their lives, right? You're going to have a heart attack potentially. And the doctor says, you need to do this. You need to take this blood thinner. You need to take, you know, you need to get this bypass, whatever the situation is. When you hear that, your life's in their hands and you're going to listen to them as you should to a degree. But again, you should have other alternatives. So you're not saying not to follow any kind of uh, their protocol. You're just saying to them, there's another option out there that you can look at in conjunction with medication or doing as the doctor prescribed, but you don't need to go to the extreme and have something done if you can have the opportunity to exercise and eat properly. Right. And, and you don't have to disregard, like I get a lot of patients in there on a list of medication and one of their goals is to get off of it. So you change their lifestyle as they improve 
their medical doctor is able to gradually reduce them off the medication. You never stop your medication. No, that's dangerous. And I've had a lot of patients able to whittle down and get off a lot of their medications, if not all their medications, with the doctor monitoring. Wow, look how much better your your lipids are, how much better your blood sugar is. So we can cut these drugs down in half. Funny thing, too, is, is I'll have clients do that, and I'll help them out, and the doctor doesn't know they're undergoing an exercise program, and they're on you know, on blood pressure medicine, whatever it happened to be. And, and the, they'll go in for a physical and the doctor's like, Hey, that's all working great. Isn't it? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, you know, you don't get any credit for work, you know, looking at your diet. Or, or and their blood pressure goes too low. And then the doctor's like, well, we got to cut back on the drugs because you've improved your yes, you know, physicality. And, every, and everything well, goes credit to the, to the doctor and the drug to some degree right. it does. And that's fine. But in conjunction with, and that's the thing that people are lacking. So we're not suggesting anyone not, listen to the doctor no. or not follow instructions or not take their medications, but you just don't stop there. That's right. the key. You right. look for other things. And these aren't wacky or crazy freaky alternatives. We're talking about exercise and nutrition. It's been for eons. Yeah. So let me tie this all in for you. As with other chronic diseases, heart disease is a disease of inflammation. And I was really surprised to see uh, the recent Times Magazine. Well, actually, it's an old Times Magazine. It was a magazine cover 2004, which read, the silent killer, the surprising link between inflammation and heart attacks, cancer, Alzheimer's, and other diseases. A lot of your autoimmune diseases, people don't realize, like, let's look at rheumatoid arthritis. The medical community has known for years that individuals with rheumatoid arthritis have increased mortality with heart disease. Why? because they have systemic inflammation and it affects the arteries. But this goes back to our first two episodes and everything and probably every episode goes back to inflammation and causing. Yeah. 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 So we're going to look at that now. Here's a, here's a study out of cardiovascular deaths in uh, rheumatoid arthritis. The results indicate that markers of systemic inflammation. I talked about one of them, CRP to get measured confers a statistically significant risk for cardiovascular death among patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Now, the old view, I'm going to keep this simple because it's very complex how plaque develops, but I'm going to get into it a little bit. The old model was that plaque just built up on the arteries and a whole bunch of crap got stuck in there like fatty deposits and calcium and cholesterol, and it built up passively on the arteries. That's totally false. The new view is that inflammation, like a a cascade of inflammation, starts the progression and development of arteriosclerosis which is the accumulation of the plaque in the arteries. Now, from the New England Journal of Medicine, 2005, recent research has shown that inflammation plays a key role in coronary artery disease and other manifestations of arteriosclerosis. So let's look how this goes. I've said it before. You look at a regular blood test. The lipid panel they do tells you very little about your risk factors. Cholesterol doesn't tell me much. What we want to look at, you know, LDL is the bad one, right? Right. You know, there's three types of LDL. There's actually five, but I'm going to talk about three. Go ahead. So LDL A particle (laughs) is a fluffy, buoyant molecule. It's not a risk factor if you have a lot of that. The B particle is a small, dense particle. That's the one that gets damaged by inflammation. So if you'll have a lot of the LDL B particle, this can all be measured in a VAP test, VAB. VAP, VAP, and specialized labs do this. I do it all the time. Again, a specific requested test. Right. Okay. Doesn't matter how, what your cholesterol is. If you have small, dense B particles, even if your cholesterol is low, you got a problem. So what inflammation does, it oxidizes this small, dense particle. What's oxidation? Leave a tin can outside, it gets rusty. as oxidation. You leave butter out too long, and it gets rancid in the heat. That's oxidation. Cut an apple open, what does it do? Brown, but grandma puts a lemon on there and the vitamin C in the lemon prevents it from oxidizing. Mm -hmm. So oxidized LDL is what initiates the damage in the arteries. The The second thing that happens is your immune system hates oxidized LDL. It goes after it. So as it's damaging the arteries, your immune system tries to form scar tissue and it's a slow buildup of this big plaque mass through this cascade of inflammation over time. And what happens? You reduce blood flow just enough. If you form a clot on that plaque, 
heart attack. Right. It closes the whole thing off. The other thing that can happen with this inflammatory cascade, the plaque can bro- break off, mm-hmm. travel down to where there's a small artery, plug it up like a cork, heart attack. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to look at sources of inflammation that you want to track down. Chlamydia, which is a sexually transmitted disease, H. pylori, which doctors look at for if you have ulcers or heart heartburn, gastritis, that produce inflammation in the arteries. Trauma, toxins, autoimmune diseases, type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance. I talked about that last time. Smoking, stress, heavy metals like cadmium and mercury. We're going to talk about that more. A lousy diet, high sugar, high processed foods. High omega-6 vegetable oils, too many vegetable oils and everything produces inflammation and then food sensitivities. Now, the food sensitivities we're really going to get into, that can produce a lot of autoimmune type reactions in the body. All right. Uh, I, I test a lot of people for these and you have to pull them out of the diet for a period of time, especially if you have like autoimmune or inflammatory things that you can't follow. It might be gluten. It could be dairy. Right. So it, It's all a process. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Now, we got to take a break. So, my website, if you want to get a hold of me, TomMantos.com. Fred's is fitbyfred.net. And if you want to check us out on Instagram, it's speaking underscore of underscore nutrition. It is? It is. I didn't even know that. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, we'll, we'll, be back in, we'll be back in a bit. Mantos's Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now, back to the program. Yeah, we're back, Fred. Let me talk about inflammation a little further. So we know the CRP test I keep talking about, C-reactive protein, is an acute inflammatory marker. Now, if you have CRP, you may not have heard of the, the protein called fibrinogen. Fibrinogen, when elevated, increases your risk to stroke. So if you have an elevated CRP and an elevated fibrinogen, this can cause vascular disease all by itself with everything else being normal, those two together. Now, Mediterranean diet lowers both of them, and also high do- higher doses of fish oils lowers your C-reactive protein and your fibrinogen. And look at the New England Journal of Medicine study. The baseline plasma concentrations of CRP predicts the f- risk of future myocardial infarction and stroke. And that's worsened with the uh, high fibrinogen levels. So when you have someone who comes into a cardiologist's office, do they, the cardiologist, do they order the CRP testing right away? Or is this something? Some do, a lot don't. I do. Why would, no, yeah, <laughs> I talk to my doctor about it. Right. But why wouldn't someone say, let's look at their CRP and see where you're standing? And this is an indicator. Spend too much time with the drug reps. That's why. This is, this is, there's tons of literature on this. Tons and tons of studies. Now, the other one that's extremely important, maybe most people haven't heard of, and the doctors are just starting to get on board with it. I learned about it 30 years ago. Homocysteine. You ever hear of homocysteine? I have. Okay. It's a, it's a chemical involved in the process called methylation. When homocysteine is elevated, not only can it cause cardiovascular disease, it's very abrasive to the arteries, independent of any other known risk factors. Everything else could look perfectly good. 
if the homocysteine is elevated, it can cause coronary artery disease. Other problems it can cause is hypertension, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, breast cancer, colon cancer, and bone loss. The way we get homocysteine down is to give enough folic acid, B6 and B12. So you need to get this measured. The ranges go from 0 to 12, 0 to 15. Optimal ranges of homocysteine are 4 to 8. That's where you want to be. If it's not, it's too high, you take more folic acid. Now, there's problems with some people genetically where they have a crappy enzyme system and the folic acid don't work. What a doctor will test, and they're doing this more and more, is the gene mutation MTHFR, MTHFR. Methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. It's a long word, right? Frank? Very long. Okay. I won't say that word again. <laughs> Thank you. So the folate won't work on it. What you do is you take methylated folic acid. And all like the metagenics products I use, they have all methylated folic acid. That gets the homocysteine down. It bypasses that, that bad gene that we're talking about. Okay. Now, here's Journal American Medical Association 2005. Higher total folate intake was associated with decreased risk of hypertension in younger women. And then the journal Diabetes, the study provides strong rationale for the initiation of folic acid to prevent cardiovascular disease in type 2 diabetes because it gets homocysteine now. Type 2 diabetics generally run higher homocysteine. You do realize that this is great information, but when you look at it, people are going, I just need to take my warfarin and <laughs> clear things up or whatever the doctor's giving me to thin well, my blood out or whatever that's my why, situation That's why is. you have so many people dying of heart disease because well, they're not doing too. anything. You also have, taking the drugs. And you also have the issues of whatever the side effects of taking drugs are too. Well, it's a fact that the more cardiovascular meditation, medication that you take, the higher your risk of mortality from heart disease. You see people on seven, eight, ten drugs. Mm-hmm. They die earlier mm-hmm. on all those drugs. Right. Okay? Now, real quick, I'm going to talk about stress. It's relation to heart disease. And stress can cause almost anything that you can think of. Uh, again, I like to do exercises primary. So what we do, if we think stress, you have a lot of stress in your life. The patient has tremendous stress. We're going to measure that to see what's going on. So we do a salivary cortisol test. Okay, there's a lab that does it. Shows the function of your stress response. Normally, cortisol should be highest in the morning, get you out of bed, lowest at night, so you can sleep. A lot of people with insomnia, if they're under a lot of stress, it's low in the morning, they can't get out of bed. High at night, they can't sleep. And does this take into account people who exercise? You have stressful you know, periods during the day, but stress is cortisol is really usually. You do, I have so. people doing on a day they're not exercising, or okay. you know, so it's just a simple spit test. Yeah, okay, four times a day. And if your cortisol is very elevated, that means you're under a lot of stress. If your cortisol is very low, you're going to be burnt out, like your battery is discharged. So what I do in that, I, I use adaptogen herbs. I use herbs like cordyceps. Ginseng or Dahlia, those are well studied to regulate your your stress responses. Well, Metagenics has a great product called Adraset that I use for that, and I use it for a short period of time, like maybe a couple of months. Right, I was I get, used, them, get I, them feeling better, and then you know get them exercising right, and other I, stuff. I was going through a stressful period. And I took Adraset for about six months, and you got everything regulated. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's the important. Yeah. That's the important note, though. It doesn't. It's this is not forever. Unless you're under stress constantly and you get better. Yeah, you, well, you, you we know. work on that. Yeah. You know, there's other things you can do, too. Uh, now, people haven't heard of this probably so much, but there's a big role in heavy metal toxicity in coronary heart disease, particularly if you have elevated levels of mercury and cadmium. I'm going to read you a paper from the 13th International Symposium of the Institute for Functional Medicine. And it says the role of mercury and cadmium heavy metals in vascular disease, hypertension, coronary heart disease, and myocardial infarction. As I said, 700,000 kids are born with mercury poison they got from their, their parents. This is an easy test to do. In the old days, we used to have to IV or give you shots to chelate it out. Now we have oral vitamin supplements that are well-documented to get rid of these heavy metals. So I might do that for some people. And how long generally, I know it depends on each individual, but how long does someone have to undergo something like that? I know it depends on how high their mercury or cadmium is or whatever, but in general. Oh, boy. Generally about three months. Unless 
unless, you know, and I try to give them a list of things to avoid so they don't get the mar- sure, mercury, sure. you know, low mercury fish and all this kind of right, thing, right? Right, right? So now let me go over comprehensive risk factor analysis. Like what kind of testing should you do along with your comprehensive history? Number one, get a VAP test, V-A-P. That breaks down all your HDLs. There's three types of HDL, actually. There's three types of LDLs. Breaks down your lipoproteins, your total cholesterol, your triglycerides, your lipoproteins, all that in one panel. Now, some other tests to add to that. And, And the problem is the regular labs, you have to add all these extra things in there, depending on what you want to look at. I'm going to give you a couple of labs that do it automatically, the whole panel. So you might want to look at homocysteine. That's a big one. CRP, and I like the other inflammatory marker, TNF-alpha, TNF-alpha, tumor necrosis factor alpha. If your glucose is elevated, you would also do fasting insulin and your hemoglobin A1c. Fibrinogen, we talked about, increased risk to stroke. And some labs will do oxidized LDL. And some people, I may do that stress test if they're, you know, running a lot of stress stuff going on, see what we can do with that. Some people, I might do a heavy metal test. The other one to add to that would be lipoprotein A. This is a powerful predictor of premature vascular disease, lipoprotein A. Now, there's two labs. You can go online and look them up. Uh, I have all their research, and they're like the best in the country. They do all these things in a giant panel automatically. You don't have to ask for it extra. The Cleveland Heart Lab and the Berkeley Heart Lab. Look those up online. Okay. Have you ever heard of that test for? No, I have not. Why not? Honestly, I've never heard of that. Until- <laughs> You're probably all right. <laughs> <laughs> Getting older, that's for sure. Huh? But- well, yeah, you can have bad stuff when you're young. So let's let's talk about some of the nutritional therapies that we can look at. Okay. We talked about the medical foods. And let me just reiterate, the medical foods are developed really to make life easier. You add them to your diet. That's a shake. You can do it once or twice a day. And they're designed for specific disease or a specific health condition to improve your health outcome beyond what your diet can do, quite considerably, actually. So it makes life easy. The one I use most often for Metagenics, uh, again, you can go on my website, tommantos.com, hit supplement store, hit Metagenics. You can go in and look around, look at the medical foods. You can create an account if you wanted to try one out. But we use the Ultra Meal Cardio 360. Tastes pretty good, too. I've tried it. I tried all of them. That's a rice, uh, rice, brown rice-based protein? Pea and rice. Pea and rice. Plant-based, okay. plant-based protein. Right. One thing it has in there is these things called phytosterols. <clears throat> Phytosterol is a component from plants. has a great effect on reducing your lipids, your total cholesterol. And what's good about this product, it lowers your B particle. That small, dense one, the bad one, it lowers that, lowers your triglycerides. It's also fortified with 20 you know, vitamins and minerals. It has methylated folate, so it lowers your homocysteine. How nice. And again, it's, in, it's available in pr- protein-based, uh, vegetable-based proteins like rice and pea. They add some branched-chain amino acids in there also. The other thing they add is quite unique. Remember when I talked about the hops plant, yep. the chemicals from hops? Very powerful anti-inflammatory. It actually downregulates your genes that produce inflammation. Right. Well, they got another compound they found from hops called xanthohumol. Xanthohumol is added to the shake. Think of it as an anti-inflammatory for your arteries. Okay, it's quite a complete package uh, when you use that. And I'm going to go over some data and tell you how, how low it gets everything. So the medical foods, <clears throat> I'm going to read you a thing from uh, British Medical Journal 2004. And this thing talks about the polymeal. Polymeal is the medical food. And it's, they're talking about the Ultra Meal Cardio 360. Promises to be an effective, non-prescription, safe, cheap, and tasty alternative to reduce cardiovascular mortality and increase the life expectancy in the general population. Right? So keep in mind, this is not just something you take by itself. You need to be tested properly. This is in conjunction with still eating a vegetable-based, primarily a vegetable-based organic diet. Right. 
Mediterranean modified. You can only get it through a healthcare practitioner. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is because you have all these nutrients and it doesn't stop you from having to eat your food. Oh, you got to add it to your food. You can't have that without the, you know, food being right. Exactly. So what, what the ultra meal cardio 360 does, it reduces elevated lipids, cholesterol, triglycerides, the small dense particle LDL, lowers blood pressure, lowers inflammation. So it lowers your C-reactive protein. And it also lowers homocysteine because it has the methylated folate in there. All right. I'm going to go off. I'm going to get back to the supplements, but I'm going to talk about one of my beefs. And one. Okay. Good. Well, I have many. Yes. But, that's why I was. And one of my beefs is the statin drugs. Oh, boy. Okay. I know. It's a loaded question. <laughs> I've fought with a few doctors about it. We could be here for a while. Okay. You got to understand something. The statin drugs, you have the drug rep. He comes to the office. They don't come to my office. They throw them out. Don't come to my office. Unless it's a pretty-looking girl, maybe. Well, I might let her in. Yeah, okay. No, I'm married, dude. What are you talking about? Trying to get me killed. (laughs) So the statin drugs, the rep comes, gives you all this great information from the pharmaceutical company that, that developed it, and it looks like a miracle drug. But if you look at independent research from that, especially recently, it's it's quite a poison, right? The side effects are well. I'm going to get staggering. into a few of it because I want to talk about it a little bit, and then I'm going to give you a website you can go to and uh, look at look it up yourself, so I don't go crazy with it. But looking at this article from the journal American College of Cardiology, 2007. Listen to what it says: Statins, furthermore, the cardiovascular benefits of low achieved LDLs, artificially low LDL. Okay, by the drug may in part be offset by an increased risk to cancer. So one of the side effects of cancer that you don't know about is uh, uh, statins is cancer. Okay. Now, do you know what the mitochondria is, Fred? Do you remember that? You know what that is. I'm going to explain what it is. So the mitochondria is the area of the cell that produces all the energy for your muscles to work all the energy for your heart and all the energy for your brain. The statins are classified as a mitochondrial poison. All right. Mitochondrial poison. So, so it's shutting them down. So a lot of the side effects are things that can affect the muscles, can affect the heart. And some people, when you get muscle pain, it's actually breaking down heart tissue. You can have a myocardial infarction. From well, I mean, I met people who are in statins who have paralysis. It's, 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 I'll tell you some other scary thing, a couple other things from it. It's directly linked to Alzheimer's disease, right? Because it destroys the brain. It's a poison to the brain and dementia. Recent in the uh, a report called Drug Data, that's the reporting site for for uh, the FDA when they have adverse drug reactions. Mm-hmm. In that journal, it stated statins cause an increased list risk to Lou Gehrig's disease. ALS. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible, fatal, all the time disease. All right. Now, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go on and on about it. But the, ben- the the benefits of it are not that great. Now, the other thing with it, Journal of Arterial Sclerosis, peer reviewed journal for coronary artery disease. They did a study with like 6,600 people with no history of heart disease in the Sinai Heart Institute in Los Angeles. And they found when they put people on statins, it actually accelerated plaque development in the arteries. Accelerated. So now you're getting a different picture. Right. All right. It's a drug. It's really a poison. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a little bit. My website's Tomantos. Dot com and Fred is fitbyfred.net if you need to get a hold of us. And we'll see you in a bit. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. 
Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Bornicola. Now, back to the program. All right, we're back, Frederick. Journal American Medical Association, 2003. This is what it says. Do diet first, then medication for elevated lipids. Nobody's doing that. Get your work on your diet first. Maybe you don't have to go on the darn drugs. You know what I'm saying? And here, here's just another quick, quick thing I want to tell you. You ever hear of extended release niacin? Yes. Okay. Niacin's a B vitamin, right? And it's it's a time released one. So they did studies with this. It, it can really lower your LDL and it and it increases your HDLs and all this thing. It was done in New England Journal of Medicine, published it, American Journal of Cardiology, which is peer-reviewed cardiology journal, and Journal of American Medical Association. Here's what they found. They compared statin drugs to extended release niacin. Statin drugs did not reduce carotid artery plaque at all. With the extended release niacin, they had significant reduction of plaque in the arteries. All right. If you go with the prescription, which is niaspan, costs you three hundred bucks a month. Right. Go to the health food store, costs you twenty bucks. Right. It's right. ridiculous. Right. Now I want to give you some real life things on this. So what they did, here's a a study out of the Journal of Clinical Lipidology. That's a premier journal for lipid studies. And what it says is a Mediterranean style low glycemic diet improves the variables of insulin resistance in women and the addition of a phytochemical rich medical food, which is Ultramil Cardio 360, has tremendous benefits on lipoprotein metabolism. And they found not only does it lower the lipids, but it lowers your homocysteine, a lot of your vascular inflammation, and that that sort of thing. So let's look at some numbers on a 12-week study with Mediterranean diet, exercise, and Ultramil Cardio 360. Triglyceride reduction in 12 weeks, 45%. Now, if you just look at the modified Mediterranean diet, you get about a 14% reduction in triglycerides. Add the medical food, it's 45%. Oh. So the medical food, yeah, it adds to all these numbers. I'm just going to read you what all the rest of the numbers are. Total cholesterol, 16%. LDL reduced to 15%. Increased your good HDLs by 6%. Lowered CRP, inflammatory marker, by 34%. Oh. Lowered your fasting insulin, 25%. Lowered your blood pressure up to 8%. And also, you lost weight. You lost 8% of your body fat and gain 3% muscle. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then I'll read you uh, real quick about the lion study. You ever hear of the lion study? No. Not, not a real lion, but it's okay. called the lion study. <laughs> so it was, it was published in New England Journal of Medicine 2013. This is the first randomized study where they really looked at diet. There was actually two, two things to it. And what it stated was the Mediterranean diet is the only comprehensive dietary approach that has been proven to reduce mortality and heart attacks in a randomized trial. And then the other part to this Lyons study, uh, the Mediterranean diet was found to result in a significant reduction in total death rate. The only other dietary intervention to show ran- by randomized trial decrease overall m- mortality is that which was high in fish oils. So you see how important the omega-3 fatty acids in the fish oil. Sure, sure. But then you still have these random, like we talked about in the last podcast about the keto diet and 
other trendy things for people are always looking to lose weight instead of focusing on their health. And that's the problem in our culture. It's about weight. It's about appearance, which is important. And I understand it's all Mm -hmm. good. But if you focus on your health first, prioritize that. When clients come into me, I tell them, your mindset should be on improving your health. Because what are you going to do for your health? You're going to exercise. You're going to eat right. You're going to rest. You're going to take whatever supplements are necessary. You're going to follow instructions from your, you know, your physician, whomever. But ultimately, if you focus on your health, you make better decisions. Right. right. We're going to have one talk where we just talk about all these different diets mm-hmm. and, and weight loss and all that. It's crazy. All right. Um, we're, we're going to, there's a lot to talk about. One other interesting study from the Journal of Nutrition 2006 what they did is they compared the ultra meal program with the diet and exercise to the American Heart Association diet. The American Heart Association diet is just as bad as the American Diabetic Association diet I talked about last time. It's horrible. Right. Do you know it only lowers cholesterol and LDL by 1%? 1%. It, it's a disgrace. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and we, this, these are all these government run you know, diet things that are ridiculous. Because what you're doing in those, in those, in those pyramids, you're giving people what they want, giving them bread and pasta and everything else and putting sweets and everything. Oh my God. It, instead of ketchup's a vegetable. Right. Really? <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. Well, canned, canned peaches is a fruit serving. That's what they do. Well, listen to this. The consensus of this was that it would take four pharmaceutical drugs to achieve the same results as the ultra meal cardio 360 program, an ACE inhibitor for blood pressure, a vasodilator, a statin drug and a diabetic drug, an insulin sensitizer, to achieve the same. And my pro that program with the Ultra Meal, there's no side effects to it. Right. You know, it's just improved health and well-being. Now I'm going to go over some general nutritional support. I can't cover all the vitamins, and you're not going to be on a million different things. You have to target it for each person. But I'm going to go over some general stuff, and then I'm going to give you like a case example. So general support for cardiovascular disease. First thing. Most important, modified low glycemic Mediterranean food plan. I add to that the medical shake. If you're not eating enough fish, I would recommend adding fish oils to what you're taking. I take them extra anyway. And exercise, that's your basic program. And you also want to be careful about your sources of fish oil because everybody has a brand of fish oil out there. And I always tell people to look at the other ingredients, look at the fillers. There's a lot of fillers in supplementation. Well, you got you to screen it for mercury. Right. See, Metagenic screens all not, their stuff for mercury. So does Carlson. You can get that in health food store. Right. And so does Norwegian fish oil. Just like I was going to say, you get the old yeah. cod liver oils that you used to take. You know, you heard stories about mom yeah. gave me a spoonful of cod liver, but it's it's the right way to go about it. And you, Carlson's yeah. is one of the better brands out there. Don't, don't buy fish oils from Costco or right. something. Exactly. Yeah, they don't test anything in there. Now, some additional support, you might use some plant compounds in higher doses like pomegranate. Or you might use Reservatrol, which is found in red wine and also in grapes, or quercetin, which is found in like citrus fruits, onions, and garlic. They have supplements for that, but you also want to eat some of those foods. Some of the other things I might do with that, in some people, I probably would add magnesium, number one, glycinate, four to 600 milligrams, right? L-arginine is interesting. You've heard of it. It's an amino acid. Absolutely, what they use L-arginine for, it's a precursor to nitric oxide. You've heard of nitric oxide? Yep. So what nitric oxide does is a vasodilator. It opens your blood vessels up. So L-arginine increases nitric oxide, can lower your blood pressure, and increase circulation. You know what else increases nitric oxide? Mm-hmm. Viagra. Mm-hmm. That's how south of the border you get increased <laughs> blood flow. Well, right? L- <laughs> That's basically it. L-arginine has been promoted as being an available source of a natural source. I've had patients tell me, you know, uh, below the border, I feel a little blood flow going, you know, so that's true. And it's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. No size. So it's just amino acids. It's like you find in anything you eat that has protein. Right. So the other one that's important is vitamin K2. Vitamin K2 not only prevents plaque in the arteries, but it also increases your bone density, which we're going to talk about bone de- density next time. So let me give you a case study what I might do with somebody. Let's say you had somebody that come in with congestive heart failure, right? Or they had uh, poor ejection fraction. They're like looking at like bypass surgery. or I mean, not bypass, but a heart transplant. What I'm definitely going to do with that person, I'm definitely going to put them on the general support. Now, in addition to that, I'm going to add magnesium, glycinate, four to 600 milligrams. Big time, coenzyme Q10, three to 600 milligrams, 
There's no toxicity at high doses with that. And then an herb, which is well studied to increase the strength of the heart muscle, is hawthorn berry. It goes by Cretaceous, but you can get hawthorn berry, you know, in the health food store. So these are different things you can look at. Another thing you can look at, and I used to do this, is chelation therapy. Chelation therapy is basically using an IV of EDTA. It's a chelating agent. Chelate means claw. And they IV you once a week. I used to do this. And it starts pulling apart the plaque. It's been used since the 40s. It was originally used to, for lead poisoning in World War II when the sailors had lead poisoning painting the ships. If you want more information on it, go to ACAM, A-C-A-M, and chelation therapy. You can get a whole bunch of research on it. Um, ACAM stands for American College for Advancements in Medicine. I went to an ACAM seminar in Arizona, man, like 12 years ago. It was like a thousand alternative doctors there. It was so interesting. I was one of the few nutritionists. Really? It was a weekend. Yeah, it was a weekend. You know, you know what these guys told me? Hmm. They said, when we started doing alternative medicine, we had to go to school from scratch because they had to learn the, the chemistry and, right. and the complexity to right. learn all that, they never learned it in medical school. Right. They had to go. For, and the other thing they had to do, they had to bag the insurance. Right. They couldn't take because the insurance. You can't spend enough time. You got to spend at least an hour with people, half hour right. minimum. Right. So they lost a lot of, they lost a lot of money in the beginning. So they made it a cash practice, but eventually it, it, it added up. They were able to balance the, the budget out with right. that. But the reason they did it is because they really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. Sure. And, they're, and they're like humanitarian. These doctors are great, very personable. They want to help the patient get better any method that they can. And there's so a, that's why they do this it. This becomes a very intimate relationship with your patient. You know a lot about these people. But I just want to make one note here is that you rattled off a ton of different things that, that people just are probably trying to jot down stuff. The whole concept here, folks, is that there's an option. There's a, there's a natural availability to get healthier without having to take drugs that are going to have side effects. So Tom is trying to provide overall information. And again, these are just things that are just rattled up, but there's, these are things that we looked at on a personal level, a one-to-one level, but overall the, the, the general purpose of this is to say, there is an option for you. There's a natural option. You just need to dig in a little deeper, get, you know, you know, get yourself cemented in there and it can work. It takes time. It doesn't work as quickly as the drugs do. And, but it's, it's doable for sure. There, there's just so much to go through. I didn't, I didn't get into all the other supplements, but you know, it's a podcast, so you can kind of play that part back a little. And, and, and you don't need or to you take... Or you could send me an email No, but you don't need I'll to take every you. single supplement. You don't need to walk no, out No, no, no. It. It's targeted. Pretty exactly. Targeted. That's, what, that's my try to If you say, can yeah. do the basic plan, the Mediterranean diet, exercise, and the shake... That's a good, it's maybe a great some, start. That's, that yeah. covers you. If you don't eat enough fish, take a few fish oil capsules. Right. Then you, you really got a good base right. for everything, right. you know? Uh, I wanted to t- ask you a question about... Sure. Uh, because, you know, this is my passion is uh, weight training and uh, right. bodybuilding and all this type of thing, high intensity. What, what does it show the benefits of weight training for the heart? Like, what, is, what does that's it a, tell us? That's, that's a great question because recent studies, everybody always attributed improvement of cardiovascular health with aerobic exercise, which it, it does contribute tremendously. But we're finding now that strength training, especially if you train high intensity, high intensity folks that aren't familiar with means you're giving a, a, a good all out effort and you don't take a lot of rest in between your exercises. So what you're doing is, is if you will, a circuit training idea and you're working at a very high level of effort. And what they're finding is that people who are engaging in strength training and work uh, quickly in between exercises are having better, it, it's just as good, if not better effects from aerobic exercise. Now, Inclusion of aerobic exercise is just an addition to it, but you don't need to go out and run 12 miles either. If you have a great strength training session, um, you know, that counts as a, a good vigorous effort because like the ACSM is requiring 150 minutes a week of moderate activity or 75 vigorous. In that vigorous activity, they don't consider strength training. However, they're using an old approach of um, taking two, three, four minutes rest between exercises. That's not the case, what we're looking at. So if you go vigorously and you work at your strength training, you give a solid effort, a 20, 30 minute effort uh, of strength training two to three times a week is going to really help your cardiovascular system tremendously. It's going to help strengthen your heart. Right at your own level. At your own level, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Can I tell you a good story? I you might want to hear this. Okay. Oh, go ahead. This guy, Lyndon Smith, 
written up in the Wall Street Journal. Landon Smith was the CEO of a huge company, was really rich. He was 60-something years old, never did exercise, ate all junk food. He was really fat. He was over 300 pounds. He had a massive heart attack, massive heart attack, okay? Now, it scared him so much. He went into cardiac rehab, and he had a, he started a walking program. Right. He can only walk couple, around the block a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Okay? Eventually, somebody pushed him into doing a vegetarian diet. And then what he did was he started like a walk and a little jog. Walking a little jog, walking a little jog. And he got better and better as the months went on. In three years, he ran the Boston Marathon wow. and completed it without stopping. Wow. Or dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you imagine? Right. I mean, I don't like running marathons. But no, but the, slow progression. The guy that's couldn't exactly walk around the block twice. Right. right. And, you and know? see, that's right there. It proves it's, it's doable because there's many people that can do that just literally steps at a time. Yeah. I mean, that is just – so I've always I've – always, believe like what they're they're down and again you have to start at your own level but sometimes these if you're good at exercising you're doing these really long low intensity sessions on the bike for an hour it doesn't have a lot of benefit you're better off to do shorter and a little more intense for whatever is intense for you and that's what they're showing you're wasting your time on the bike for a whole hour yeah it's a perceived exertion you want to be able to you don't want to talk as easily as we're talking right now you want to have a little gasp in your voice yeah you want to have a little Something oh, like when we're to... nervous talking, you yeah. mean? You start breathing heavy? <laughs> Something like that. I don't think that's cardiovascular. <laughs> no. Though, but, um, but no, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for an effort level that's comfortable for you. It precedes, precedes exertion of six, seven, eight. Right. And as you get healthier, you pump it to eight, nine, or ten. But you have to use good judgment. But the whole point, is Tom's pointing out, is it's valid. It's research. Is that uh, a little bit, and if you put the effort into it, it can be significant. So, As I mentioned last time, Jim Fix was a world marathon runner, 42 years old. He ate nothing but junk and fried food and Burger King. Had extremely high lipid levels. And what happened? He died of a massive heart attack. There's a lot of research showing, too, that marathoners, especially the ultra marathoners, if they pass, they have it, scar tissue around their heart. It, from it's, the, it's too much on the body a lot of times. So, Tom, we're coming to a close here, okay. unfortunately. But I would like to finish up like we normally do with a little health quote. Well, I like those. So you could. You do This it. is from Lord Edward Stanley, which was... Lord Edward Stanley. Never 18, heard of it. 1873, <laughs> okay? Those who think they have no time for bodily exercise will sooner or later have to find time for illness. That's good words right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. So, so we're going to close out. My website, again, is TomAntos.com. Fred's is fit by Fred.net. Next webcast is going to be on healthy bones. That's going to be a good one. Some surprising things with that. We're going to talk about the healthy bones. See you later, guys. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.